Welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is a continuation of the fibromyalgia series. It's another talk, and I'm going to be talking out of both sides of my mouth because, as we talked about on diagnosing fibromyalgia, that, nope, there's no specific test for it. It's a syndrome. It's a group of problems, not a particular disease, and that uh, we don't really know much about its pathophysiology. These wastebasket terms like widespread pain, I, I, I don't know what they mean. These other terms uh, that are used a lot like fibrofog for the fatigue, the memory loss, uh, difficulty with uh, feeling poor restorative sleep, but you end up wanting to sleep all day. All these kind of places that fibromyalgia takes us, we might be able to talk about that with some scientific uh, interest. And what am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about glial cells. What, well, glial cell is a component of the central nervous system. That's other term CNS. You hear that a lot. There are three types of glial cells. There's microglial, which is important one for fibromyalgia, uh, the astrocyte and oligodendrite, those are getting bigger. They can be pushed into the world of the microglial, depending on what kind of problems are going on in the central nervous system, or CNS, and there's something we can see, and we can kind of measure them. The peripheral nervous system, you know, outside of the central nervous system, the spinal cord, brain area, has what are called uh, Schwann cells, S-C-H-W-A-N-N. Um, and Schwann cells are, are interesting. They're interesting because they aren't really involved in some of the processes we'd think of central nervous system irritation or CNS irritation or central sensitization, but they can be. They can go retrograde right up there from the peripheral nervous system to the central nervous system and influence an area. Now, we talk about fibromyalgia as being de novo, and it means that it just it's just there. It just kind of starts. What's the explanation for that? It, it can be in a number of different things that starts this. It can be a traumatic event, an emotional event, any combination of these. It can be spontaneous. It can be something that might have a genetic predisposition. And it goes on and on. And everybody has a story. That's true. And that's important to understand about fibromyalgia is its cause is going to be probably multifactorial, but it might share a common denominator here with these glial cells. Glial cells respond to inflammation in the nervous system. Inflammation in the nervous system isn't like what you'd think when you you cut a nerve or if you had a... An injury to your arm or something like that it was the dogs. Um, it's it's different. Inflammation at the cellular level involves chemicals. I call them uh, super irritants. <laughs> uh, they're very specific. 
Uh, in fibromyalgia, everybody talks about substance P. Okay, I'll give you that, substance P. Well, what about cholecystokinin? What about nitric oxide? What about uh, the worst of them all, and that's glutamate? That's a true central nervous system irritant. So glial cells become neuroactive when there is a irritability in the nervous system triggered by inflammation. That inflammation takes these t- tissues, glial cells and neurons, and influences them to perpetuate uh, either a, a pro-inflammatory or an anti-inflammatory position. Okay, what do I mean by that? Glial cells are mostly deposited in the central nervous system, and they come in early stages of brain development uh, in the womb, probably through the blood system, and then it differentiates. And there are neurons that develop, and they develop over time. Ladies and gentlemen, and, the program will begin in 50... Uh, that scared me. I'm, I'm multitasking. I'm also uh, uh, moderating a... Uh, course for ASIP online, uh, but I digress. So it, it, they each have specific activities. Glial cells aren't scavengers, but they're reactive. They're reactive to tissues, neurons being most intimate. Neurons transmit, and they transmit, and it could be a number of different signals, and it goes through a uh, process that has pathways taking it to its points of interpretation, that being the uh, prefrontal cortex. Ooh, ouch, that hurts. So, uh, here, or very quickly uh, does a pull away when you put your hand on a hot oven. Uh, it, neurons do specific things. When you're in the CNS, glial cells and neurons interact together in a good way and a bad way. Neurons, um, many times, they, they don't want to regenerate if they're hurt, injured, something along those lines. There's exceptions. And when they regenerate, sometimes they regenerate inaccurately and create uh, problems from um, an injury, for example, like a neuroma formation, or they are injured like neuropathy. Neurons spread out painful information uh, and their signals, and they uh, promote this irritation in the brain. You can actually see uh, super microscopically uh, glial cells in action when there is an irritation in the central nervous system. You can light light them up and you can look at them. Uh, Interesting stuff. And what's... The uh, key to these things, when we think about pain, is that we're dealing with nerves and neurons, which is the sophisticated part of the human body. And they react or act. And um, in the case of inflammation in the central nervous system, they react to uh, any one of a number of substances, including opioids. Opioids actually can promote pain in the central nervous system because they cause inflammation with these glial cells. Glial cells just don't like opioids. Some novel pain meds are 
being looked at that doesn't activate uh, glial cells. Stimulation techniques are being looked at, uh, neurostimulation, uh, that probably activate glial cells. So we're rethinking neurostimulation. And they work on these mediators of pain, the glutamates and the others I was talking about. So, in chronic conditions, some of these mediators can be seen. Well, if they can be seen, they might be able to be measured. It's not necessarily specific to the type of pain or the location, but they are biomarkers, and they can be elevated in chronic pain and conditions such as fibromyalgia. Some of uh, the biomarkers are uh, eosinic uh, sedimentation rate, uh, ESR, that's a test, C-reactive protein, alpha-1 antitrypsin, myeloperoxidase, soluble tumor necrosis factor, dash alpha receptor type 2. There's a mouthful. And some elevated pituitary hormones. Some of these, we can look at them. What did I say? There's no test for fibromyalgia? Oh, might be. There's a very real possibility of a test being shown in studies, but it is still early. And it's not clear to the specificity of that test. But there's something out there. It's uh, focused on glial cell um, activation and irritability in the nervous system. So we're zeroing in on fibromyalgia. That's a point here. But we can also extrapolate to chronic pain. And when chronic pain uh, develops so, it, it has this chronicity or uh, chronification of pain. It's one of these things that we actually can see on our, some of our scans, PET MRI or functional MRI. We can actually see patterns on these scans. Fibromyalgia, there's a pattern there. All right. The central nervous system has shown us in animal models that these uh, neuroinflammatory glial cells promote this chronification of pain. You can have somebody uh, sustain an injury and they get better, a little back pain. We've talked about this. And you can have somebody... Get a low back injury, and a year later, they're no better. Chronification of pain. As it turns out, with a high level of confidence in the upper 90% range, if you look at the functional MRI, you can tell at the time of injury who is going to develop chronic pain. It's probably from that glial cell activation. Think fibromyalgia. This further supports that uh, fibromyalgia is from a de novo beginning. In other words, it arises in the central nervous system, and it's uh, supported by the fact that um, this de novo problem, this inflammatory condition in the central nervous system, allows a pathological process to promote neuroplasty or changing of microglial activation at the at the time of inflammation and the sympathetic nervous system is sensitized 
and that's at uh, the attempt to try to heal itself uh, by eliminating this uh, uh, pathological process. This neuroplastic uh, change begins and chronic pain evolves. It's like the brain has learned pain. There's a memory of pain. It is now part of the central nervous system. Schwann cells in the peripheral nervous system, they, they proliferate, proliferate too and secrete inflammatory cytokines, that's inflammatory mediators, that can activate elements in the central nervous system, and they sure can. And mitro- microglial activation explains many of the symptoms of fibromyalgia. Microglial activation and neuroinflammation is probably observed in many of the fibro five interstitial cystitis, vulvodynia, muscle pain, headache. Uh, It's seen with TMJ and irritable bowel, starting to put it together. And interestingly, these chemical signals activate uh, the glial cells and release neurotoxins like the glutamates, and it imprints a pain-sensitized brain. That's central sensitization. That's your model. With central uh, sensitization, uh, what the media calls uh, fibromyalgia with its uh, widespread pain and its uh, irritability in the nervous system, probably caused by nerves that are irritable. Well, okay, this is what we're talking about. So... It's also associated with memory disturbance, situational depression, anxiety, fatigue, insomnia, and they fit the fibromyalgia model pretty well. The central sensitization through microglial activation is relevant because when the sympathetic nervous system is activated, many other peripheral things happen. How many times have we heard people say that their heart races sometimes or they feel they have chest pain they get a big cardiac workup well that's sympathetic simulation so maybe this chest pain temperature variations is a hallmark of fibromyalgia and that experience you know let's go backwards to microglial activation now with any chronic pain condition situational depression anxiety are seen um it sometimes is pretty severe and those with pain are three times more likely to experience some type of psychiatric disorder like like depression or mixed depression depressive disorder the suspicion that fibromyalgia is a result of infection toxin physical injury or psychological burden is further supported by the activity and inflammatory behavior of microglial environment so, how are we going to treat this? Linda Watkins out of uh, University of uh, Colorado Boulder. I've heard her speak a couple times. She's really good. You can read some of her work. Uh, it's uh, fascinating, but she's developing a very potent treatment uh, called IL-10. And it regulates inflammatory cytokines. It's um, really... <clears throat> good on uh, glial cell bad behavior and uh, she has some videos of, of dogs that were just crippled from pain and they got IL-10 they got a lot better it's fascinating to see them running upstairs when they couldn't even walk a step 
Well, there's another treatment that's going to come, and you've heard uh, on this podcast about exosomes, uh, Dr. Jordan out of uh, UCLA. Uh, exosomes look pretty promising. They're potent anti-inflammatory, particularly in the central nervous system. Also think COVID with exosomes. Um, well, uh, I think we're going to be appreciating more and more about glial cell activation when we start thinking of chronic pain. And some of these treatments that are on the horizon uh, look pretty good. So to summarize, is fibromyalgia a central nervous system disorder? Peripheral manifestation? Yes. Is it probably caused by something? Yes. Um, we just talked about it. And associated comorbidities, which are common, commonly seen with this invisible disease. Are we going to have a test? Uh, yeah, we probably will. Uh, nothing reliable now, but this is the type of stuff that gets uh, researchers excited. Now, this isn't theory. This stuff is pretty real, and it's not a theory of fibromyalgia. Remember, fibromyalgia is a syndrome, a group of problems. No, this is uh, brain behavior in certain um, conditions. Pain is one of those conditions. Fibromyalgia is associated with pain. And uh, inflammatory components in the brain explain many of the symptoms of fibromyalgia. So that's the world according to me, but I think, I think the science is pretty good, and I hope I got the explanation out right because it's, it's a complicated, uh, in-the-weeds discussion when we get into this stuff. But uh, more to come. And uh, the series shall continue. And bye.